Buckle up, listeners. I love that, Carl. That's really clever. Is that because there was um, a seatbelt sign noise? Yeah. Well, welcome to... Well, that fucked me up. <laughs> <laughs> a podcast with Luke Coulson. And Kyle Wise. And a seatbelt sound. Uh, every week we'll be talking to real guests about their amazing, often traumatic, life-changing experiences and events that have happened to them. Focusing on stories of survival, hope, and overall triumph. Yeah, so really focusing on the good stuff that has come out of some pretty extraordinary things that have happened to people. Yeah. I love that. Me too. Yeah. Uh, we actually have our first sponsor too, which is jolly exciting. And we're now sponsoring... I feel yeah. like now's a great time to use the seatbelt <laughs> sign. And the original Handlebar Jack, which you can find at www.handlebarjack.com. Do you know what that is, Kyle? I don't. Right. So you know when you need to mend your bike, your bicycle, and you turn it upside down because your chain's fallen off, or maybe there you've got a flat tire? Yeah, I was thinking, man, it always messes up with my gears. Yeah, it messes up with your gears. So now there's a little stand, which is perfectly portable and comes in a really nice package. And these two little clips, and they clip onto your handlebars. They're completely universal. And then it turns into a little stand. So when you turn your bike upside down, it literally allows your bike to balance. It's like one of the most cleverest things. And I just want to add that we're not a bicycle podcast. However, we are all about surviving traumatic and life-changing experiences. Have you ever had a flat tire on like a grimy, dusty road? Yeah, it's the worst. The worst. So now our tenuous sponsorship link is complete. If you do go online at www.handlebarjack.com and you type in the code WTFMU, which is actually the acronym for our podcast, which we had to write down because it really confused <laughs> the fuck out of us, <laughs> then some of the proceeds will be going to foodonfoot.org. That's foodonfoot.org. And those guys are helping out the unhoused and the low-income neighbors in your neighborhood. So our friends at Handlebar Jack will actually donate um, some of the proceeds to that amazing organization. So, I mean, it's a win-win, people. Incredible. All right. Okay, so I've hit record, and this is quite exciting. I normally do this with uh, Kyle, who's my partner in crime, who's running late mainly because of COVID, but he might stroll in at some stage. He's a lovely chap. Um, and this is going to be another episode of our podcast, which we have called, Well, That Fucked Me Up. And um, yes. we like we like that title because, you know, people um, have have all sorts of extraordinary stories from from their childhood, from now, from yesterday, from, you know, events. And um, so we're joined today by Robin. Robin, it's amazing to have you. Thank you for for coming on. Thank um, you. We're, even though our listeners will only be hearing the audio, we're smiling at each other across the video here. Um and so I think, Robin, I'm going to hand over to you and I, uh, I I think give people as much context as you want, as much backstory as you want. And just, you know, these things are 10, 15, 20 minutes long. If you want to do it in three minutes, great. If you want to talk forever, that's that's great too. But I might start waving like a crazy person if it's okay. too long. But yeah, so over to you and thank you for coming on. We, we, we love it. Okay, so a lot of people don't understand gender dysphoria. It's There's a lot of misunderstanding. Right not uh homosexuality you know um because i explored that possibility and it just didn't work for me and um it's uh um gender identity and um and um uh or 
orientation, sexual orientation are two different things. Mm. So the easiest way to understand somebody that's transgender, and I won't get into gender queer or, or non-binary or sure. any of that right now. That's sure. just too confusing. Mm-hmm. I had to learn about it. It's still confusing. To me. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. <laughs> <laughs> that's another thing is that I had to learn what transgender was. I didn't know something was happening in me mm. and I didn't even have a word for it. It was kind of like when I was, uh, you know, when I was able to finally admit I was an alcoholic and I was able to self-identify and there was a name for what was going on with me. It was just this confusion my whole life. That's why it wasn't just one particular incident where it was like, you know, that one, but it was, and and I will get to that. So um, gender identification, sexual orientation, two different things. I understand holistically they're tied together, but they're two different things. So when the the easiest way for somebody who is just new to the, this or has a misunderstanding, like a Hollywood, you know, seventies trend hooker, you know, um, drug addict um, <laughs> vision of what a transgender woman is. Yeah. Let me explain to you. The The thing is, when you were, I'm a woman. Transgender women are women. Transgender men are men. Yeah. They, they were born with different chromosomes, mm. the opposite chromosomes, mm. or genitalia. Sometimes the chromosomes, that's another thing too. Mm. But, but, with the opposite and they, and they never felt comfortable in their own body. Yeah. My, it came from, I'm 60 years old. I was born in 1960. Um, this was not an era where you could, you know, express yourself in the way I was or come, even come to the conclusion. I was so repressed sure. and I didn't know what was going on with me. And um, to explain orientation a little bit better, I'm bisexual, but that has nothing to do with my gender identity, as I said. Mm. So if I'm, um, if I was just into women, I would be a lesbian. If I was into men, I'd be straight. If I'm into both, I'm bisexual. And that's what I mean. So if you just identify the person, they'll self-identify. And then if you just think of them in that, in those terms, then everything kind of falls into place. Yeah. No longer like, does that mean you're gay or this or that? And by the way, I love when people ask me questions. Right. I so much, I so badly want to help educate and to dispel any rumors because we're sort of in the LGBTQ uh, community. We're at the bottom of the pole. Oof. Kind of everybody worked their way through, you know, homosexual men and lesbian women, <laughs> but they worked their way down and they finally came to us. We're like, oh my yeah, one God. more group we can really stomp on. Oh so we're my gonna God. Just care of you people. Oh, that's so amazing. it's like with comics and everything and. I try to have a good humor about it. Like I have a man's voice. I know that I'm going to do some stuff about it, but it's, uh, I came to this too late. You know, I came to the the realization of what was going on with me at 58 years old. Yeah. And, uh, you know, if you are young, you come from a a family that's like communicative instead of an alcoholic home, like, yeah, Yeah. (laughs) or whatever, you know, where the parents are actually supportive and understanding and open-minded and you come to this thing early, you can like they when you, you start uh, doing the transition early with hormones and what have you, you can't tell that person used to be the opposite sex. Yeah. You know, and not tell. Trust me, if they start at puberty yeah. or even or twenty, I have some friends that are just like it's like you nobody would know. Nobody That's would amazing. know. So yeah. but 
But with me, it's too, you know, I got a big frame. I'm six foot two. I can't. <laughs> Luckily, I'm a musician and I like attention. That's but so if good. I did it. Yeah. So this is another one to dispel the tranny hooker, um, you know, Hollywood <laughs> yeah. uh, you know, idea, paradigm of what, what we are. The last thing in the world a transgender girl wants is to stand out. Yeah. We don't want to make a big scene. It's not the most of, most of the, um, you know, gay pride month, you know, most of the um, drag queens that not all of them, but many of them are just gay men having yeah. fun. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. Because most transgender women I know are very demure and they're trying to like fit in. Nobody wants to stick out in a woman's bathroom or the locker room at the gym. Yeah. Nobody wants to like think, once women looking at them and thinking that's a pervert in a dress. Yeah. You know? We don't not want yeah, that. Sure. Wow. No. So God. we really want to fly under the radar. Unfortunately, I'm six foot two. <laughs> that's funny. <laughs> big hands, big feet. Oh my God. Family voice. I got big shoulders. It's like, wow. We work with what we work with in this life. You know, we, yeah. we, we learn to, Love the things we have instead of yearn for the things we don't have. That's amazing. So, <laughs> so t- tell 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 me a bit more about the 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 begin. The be- I want to say the beginning, the realization. Like what how, that what was, that what that looks like. You know, that was that was huge. Yeah, it was one. Of the, it was the most profound moment in my life. There you go. Wow. Now you, I'm 21 years sober. Mm-hmm. Turned 21 in December 1st mm-hmm. last year. So. um it's taken in the recovery program that I'm in. There's a process we call uncover, discover, discard. Mm. Um, something that you, you need a clear head to really do. And I did to have, and I was running away. I didn't know what was going on. Like something was wrong. Yeah. Not sure, but, wow. um, so that moment. So the first moment I had, I had what we refer to as a spiritual experience, a profound one. Mm. Profound. Mm. My first was in sobriety was before I got sober in Glendale at Venice and I realized, and it's that two path kind of thing. It's mm. that we call a jumping off point. And I know I could go, this is death and this is life. Mm. And I felt the presence of a, I'm not religious, but I felt the presence for lack of a better word, God. Right. I, I mean, no ifs, ands or buts. And you're talking about somebody who was like committed atheist. I mean, I was going to be an atheist, whether <laughs> I liked it or not. <laughs> <laughs> It doesn't have anything to do with sobriety. You could be whatever you want. My friends, they come all again. But yeah. for me personally, that was a that was my personal spiritual experience. So push forward eighteen years, working with sponsor after sponsor. You know, I'm, I went through quite a few sponsors. Um, uh, doing a lot, doing working with therapists, trying to figure out what's going on. You know, and just and doing fifth steps with. Anybody that I trusted, trusted, you know, which was, would be therapists and sponsors and close friends and mm. stuff. And just like the, 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 the stuff, the more I d- dug into that closet, that repressed closet, that closet of things that I was deeply ashamed of and, you know, I, and fearful of, the mm. easier the burden got, got, the less the burden was. Mm. And, and it started coming out and it was like, and there was a point where I said, well, maybe because I've been dressing as a woman since I was 10 years old. You know, right. That was the first time. And then and it was just a wonderful experience, except filled with shame and guilt. Wow. And, and um, 
yeah, you could, that was a death sentence in my neighborhood. Oof. Like, you know, it was against the law, oh really, to be friends, and it was considered mental illness. Oh my so I'm, I'm, um, I'm coming, to, I'm uncovering, discovering, discarding. Am I a crossdresser? I don't want to be a crossdresser. It's weird, you know what I mean? <laughs> Let me preface this by saying there's nothing wrong with any kind of fetish. I don't even like the word. Whatever you're into, mm. you know, if you're, it's, it's the content of your character. Yeah. Whatever is cool, you yeah. know what I mean? If consenting adult, I don't care. I mean, yeah. why? Yeah, of course. I mean, it, yeah, I mean, everybody, oh my God, believe me, my, my friends are, I'm pretty boring, but they're, some of them are <laughs> <laughs> but they love it. So they're, they're I love them. So anyway, to, to get that out of the way. But for me, I didn't like the idea of that. I had to come to a place where I was going to be okay with that. Yeah, of course. Uncover, discover, discard. I had to be okay with like, well, maybe I am one. And then I, re then I went through it, worked through it. And I'm like, no, I just feel comfortable as a woman. Yeah. <laughs> wow. At the same time, I was like, that's definitely gay. Mm. That's got to be gay, right? Mm. I mean, this, I only had a limited understanding of this thing. So I went out with some gay guys and I was, I ran away in horror. Right. Because the, the thing is, I don't, first of all, gay guys don't want to be with a woman. Yeah. <laughs> I yeah. mean, it's kind of the thing. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Maybe, maybe their, their twink boyfriends love to dress up or they love to dress up as drag queens at the pit parade. But they don't want to have a sexual, um, mm. um, you know, uh, gender confirmation surgery. You know, sure. they don't want to sure. take female hormones. Sure. <laughs> they don't want breast implants. That's just not, yeah. you know, it's not what they're looking for. It's just fun for yeah. them, you know. And I, and I realized that. And I also realized at that moment that I didn't want to be uh, uh, um, 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 it, a man in any sexual relationship. And in any intimate relationship, in any, I didn't want to be a man. Yeah. Everywhere I went, even when I was home alone, that's how I knew I wasn't a crossdresser because that's usually straight guys that get off on it's a, you know it's a little fetish for them and but not for me. What age, like, so what age was this final pivotal realization? Like I'm about fifty eight years old. Wow. I'm going through this started at fifty five. I started really opening up to the idea that anything could be going on yeah. and that I wasn't going to prejudge it. And I wasn't going to be filled with, 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 um, uh, shame and guilt. And so that's why I was telling you, it's not, it wasn't like one instant, but there was one instant. So I'm working through this and I will talk about it right this second. And I'm sitting in my, my, uh, uh, therapist's office, the one I still have to this day. And we are talking about all this stuff. And I can't really figure out what's going on. I've been studying transgenderism and all this stuff. And I would, I had kind of, I had an idea, pretty good idea what it was, but I didn't know what was going on inside of me uh, for sure. You know, I wasn't like, where am I? What is this going on? This is causing me. I knew I drank over this stuff. You know, I knew it, you know, it was a big, that doesn't make me an alcoholic, but it fueled it. It doesn't fueled it. Definitely one of the things that fueled it in a big way. I'm sitting there. She's across from me, and this was the the, the wow moment. Mm -hmm. Like this time, it was even more of a bigger spiritual experience. The whole room filled with a warm light. You don't, you can't see it, but you feel it. Right. It's a light feel. Yeah. And this overwhelming feeling of unconditional love 
unconditional. Wow. Not a kind of love that human beings are not capable of. Wow. Okay. I can't, I'm not a theologian. I'm not a scientist. People can attribute it to any kind of brain chemistry going on or whatever. I have no, I can only tell people what my experience was. And my experience was that. And then there was a message and it was loud and clear. And it was a voice you didn't hear, sure. but it, it, and it was not coming from inside me. And the voice said, I love you no matter what. Mm. You can go either way. What do you want to do? And all of a sudden, my life, up to that point, I could see, it was like a movie. It was like, but it was instantaneous. You know, people say they have that in the the near-death experience. They see everything. Yeah. It felt like what they were describing, where I could see my sexual identity and sexual orientation from the day I could remember that I even had those kind of feelings or even before I had those feelings, you know, before prepubescent, like it shot through me. It was like, it just played right before me, like in an instant. And I could see the whole movie right in front of me. And then I could project when I said, what, when I heard that message, what do you want to do? I could project into the future and I could see the problems. I could see, I could see I would be free yeah. and see the problems and the problems happened. Trust me. Right. But, the, but I saw the freedom and then I knew that my I, concept of a higher power was on my side. Wow. And that, and it instantly hit me that, well, I'm, I, it doesn't matter what anybody else thinks. I can, cause I don't want to die hiding in a closet yeah i don't want to go that way that's just just, life is short i'm 58 i want to do that so i did right into the deep end the 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 real clincher was uh when um i i came out slower though right came out slow like and then i was i was driving by and a friend i I saw a friend and i I would drive i at first i would take my women's clothes in a bag and i would go to this this might help other transgender people I take my women's clothes in the bag and I would change in the men's dressing room in the men's lavatory and go into uh, therapy mm. and um, wearing women's clothes. And then I'd take, go back mm. into the, change back into men's clothes and go, and I had to kind of do this, you know, yeah. like totally be okay. And that's okay. Yeah. No rules. I, I, I'm not going to out anybody and they don't have to out themselves. I guess there can't be any rules, right? Cause everyone's completely different and you have to do what you're, level of comfort is i guess yeah, and what's safe right. for you what's safe oh for my you? god if yeah. you live in arkansas you know what i mean it might be a little difficult you know yeah. <laughs> i mean and definitely in saudi arabia do oh not yeah yeah tell anybody you know move yeah and you know um um so i i just was like i just and then i'm driving and then i got to where the point where i'm i'm wearing the clothes on the way there, I'm dressing here and I'm trying to sneak in and out. So the neighbors don't see me. Right. <laughs> I noticed that the neighbors are probably seeing me and I'm like, okay. Yeah. You know, the guilt and the shame, yeah. I get the messages. It had to wear off slowly mm. and I had to be able to come out in my time in the way I wanted to, you know, it had to be like, I had to get used to it as much as other people had to get used to it. Yeah. And I remember, and I'll get to the point quick and I'll finish up right here. Uh, well, I, I remember I'm driving in my car, I see my friend at the stop. We both, and he never drives that way. Never. And I look at him and he looks at me and we wave at each other and I've got makeup on and I'm fully decked out. (laughs) 
And I'm like, oh, shit. I'm like, okay, because I got to come clean now. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, I called him up and said, Dan, you know, I just want to explain to you. Yeah. I just jumped into it. Yeah. I said, I'm transgender. And da, yeah. da, 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 da. he goes, oh, I didn't know you were even in women's clothes. I just saw your car. <laughs> <laughs> I barely see it. My house is so bad. I'm like, oh, shit. <laughs> it was, but that wasn't even it. The same day. This is, these are like the God shots we call in recovery. And I'm driving down the road and I see another friend walking on the sidewalk and I wave to him and he waves, but I'm like, Oh shit. Okay. Well, this is it busted. And I waved to him and he did see me. Right. And I called him right away and he goes, he goes, I don't care. Yeah. He goes, you know, he goes, I don't care. And, and, um, and I got that reaction and I was surprised to say that, you know, uh, one, one last thing is I'm a musician. So some of the gigs I was I was doing, I did this gig in Arizona. I came out to the band leader and I did this gig in Arizona and it was frightening because that's a red state. You know, it's kind of serious. And not to get political, so sorry if I that's okay. one. But very scary for transgender people to go sure. through those kind of areas, you sure. know. And um and I remember I came and I went as a man, but I told him and I came out to the band and then there was a big there were some problems. There were other reasons why I got fired. There was other reasons I got fired, but that I suspect was right. part of it. Right. And I got so mad. I, I came home when I got home. I just came out on Facebook. That's I just amazing. Said, I'm, I'm pulling the, and that after, cause after those experiences with my friends and I knew that the people that I loved yeah. that really cared about me were, they didn't care. Really yeah. Now. They so that gave, that gave you the, almost gave you the courage and the confidence. You're like, I'm just going to do it. Did. I'm putting it. I'm doing it. That's why I want to get that message across to transgender women that and men that it's okay. Yeah. You're okay. There are people that care and don't and don't care. It's content of character. Yeah. It's, are you a decent person? That's all. And in the end, even the people don't understand what it's about or or there's like some kind of um, problem or whatever. I can sense something. Once they get to know me and I treat them well, as a, as, I mean, honestly, as a fair and honest human being with respect, it, that stuff washes away. Yeah. And start, that's, that's the only problem we have is this misunderstanding because there's not too many of us. Not sure. too many people are going to decide I was born the wrong sex. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No. Uh, what an amazing journey. What an amazing story. And like, it's, it's your whole life, but to kind of, make that epiphany or have that epiphany and that discovery later, it, you must feel free, right? You must feel uh, liberated. Very much so. The, the, there were the challenges. Of course. Ridicule, you know, that's a big one. That's a hard one to walk through, but, you know, it, um, you know, who's the bigger person? Take it with yeah. a grain of salt. I mean, I've been ridiculed by drunks on the street, you know, so that was, like, yeah. <laughs> I was like, okay, yeah. whatever. Yeah, I think everyone's getting ridiculed by drunks on the street anyway, aren't they? So you know, any any which way. I'm not being. I don't. I'm not. I'm a sober alcoholic. I don't think I'm better than them. I think kind of fucked up. No, totally. I understand. (laughs) I I mean, your story is fantastic, and it's absolutely spot on for for this podcast, and um, goes so well with um, many of the other stories, and it is yet so different. But the 
the common thread is um, one thing that resonated with me was when you said that, that you heard the voice that was, I love you no matter what. And I got goosebumps because, you know, I shared in my story about, for me, that was the whole issue was a massive lack of feeling of love, whether that was, um, I put that on myself or whether that was from previous experiences. That's the thing that gets me every time. And that's what I want, or, you know, that's what we want and we hope resonates with other people is that, you know, we're all okay. You're okay. Like everyone's okay. We, we can, we can feel how we feel, but there's support around us. And if we can find the support and we can believe in ourselves and we can feel, we can have our value and worth, then we can rise up against these things, you know? That's a big thing that you find out that you'll be surprised who rejects you and who totally accepts you. Totally. I mean, I have a friend, it's a, he's a World War II vet. You know, yeah. <laughs> that was his best friend was Kurt Vonnegut. They were in the Battle of the Bulge. Bulge. Seventeen guys survived. Oh, they got caught by the by the Germans. I think we need him on. <laughs> That's another story. <laughs> but this guy, right? You think tough dude, right? Yeah. In no way, he was so loving and so supportive. Oh, it's amazing. You just do not know. My other friend was hung out with gangsters in Chicago when he was a kid in the fifties. Same thing. I thought, no way, you know, but diff- completely. What can I do to help? Yeah. You just don't know. And, and, and it's funny because you you take that. I just encourage people, be smart about it. Think it through. Have a su- good support program. I came out to women first because I knew women were more. Right. It was easier for them to handle. Not that my friends didn't, my male friends didn't love me. But it was easier for them to digest just because I think just because of the way our society is. Yeah. Yeah, that makes sense. Well, thank you so much for coming on. And I think your story is just perfect and it's brilliant. And, you know, you you seem happy and you're great fun. And, you know, I can't wait to share your story with everyone else. And... um, we might have we might need to have you back at some stage because I feel like there's so much, more, so much more that we could get into. And run into you in person would be awesome. Well, yeah. whenever we're allowed out, whenever, thank you, Luke. whenever thank we're you so allowed out. Thank you. Okay. See you, Robin. Bye. Okay. Bye. Bye.